1: Thank you for listening to the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily podcast with me Charlotte Greenway. It's Friday the 4th of March. The Cheltenham Festival is nearly upon us with just 11 days to go and so I thought this week we would recap on some of the Cheltenham insight gained on the podcast so far. The weights for the handicaps were released on Tuesday this week and it hasn't given Britain much hope that we might actually be able to close the gap on Ireland from the slightly embarrassing 23-5 last year, as Lee Mott outlined on Wednesday.
2: It did feel to an extent as though the white flag was being waved already, um, reading what was said, Nick, yesterday. Um, I can understand to an extent why, in the sense that you can't win a Cheltenham Festival handicap unless you can get into a Cheltenham Festival handicap. And events have conspired so that the, the Irish uh, top stables um, have got a huge number of horses in these races. Ireland as a nation has got a huge number of horses in these races. And because their horses are so good relative to our horses at the minute, they are dominating those spots that are likely to to get the horses into the into the contest. Um, as an example, Nick, the, 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 the Boodles, so the, the Juvenile Handicap Hurdle and the Martin Pipe, the final race of the meeting at the moment, eight of the top ten in the weights uh, are trained in Ireland. Seven of the top 10 in the Coral Cup, the Grand Annual, and the Potemps Final are trained in Ireland. And in the Martin Pipe, 24 of the top 33 are trained in Ireland.
1: There was a substantial drift in the market, out to double figures on Betfair on Thursday evening for Champion Chase second favourite and Nergamine. And so many concluded this meant he wouldn't even be attempting to exact revenge on Shishkin. So Nick put a call into Tony Bloom's racing manager, Sean Graham, this morning to get the details.
3: Just five,
1: six days ago, the horse had a stone bruise
3: and um, he was slightly lame. But with these things, you just need to give it a couple of days. Um, the shoes were taken off his, his front feet, we give given an easy two days, put the shoes back on him. And he cantered on Tuesday morning and he was signed on Wednesday and he did another canter yesterday morning and he was signed after as well. So it was just a little niggle that he that he got and um it's just one of those things these things happen with the horses and you've you've got to expect it. And um, as far as I'm concerned now, having spoken to Willie yesterday, the horse is signed, and he he's gonna be aimed for the champion chase on Wednesday.
0: Because there was a there was a theory that you know one of the reasons why he might be drifting on the exchange was because you might be thinking about about the Ryanair in preference to the Champion Chase. Can you can you say that's not the case? If he's if he's hail and hearty and he's sound, he'll go for the Queen Mother.
3: Yeah, well that that is the plan. It's always been the plan, and the only reason why he'd be left in he is he will be left in the Ryanair. But the only reason that he'd be left in the Ryanair was if something happened untoward before that. Stop them running in the in
0: the in the championships. Okay, so it's, it's it's simply an insurance policy. I know you're not object. I know you're not objective because you're obviously you know fond of the horse and you've seen him do what he's done. But are you are you a little bit surprised about the the, the sort of vibes uh, coming out of Ireland at the moment? Is that he might not even be the number one contender in his own yard for the champion chase?
3: I think that's. I think it's down to, to, to different people's opinion, and obviously, the people closer to the horses in the yard might feel that Inergamen had everything in his favour at Ascot and couldn't beat Shishkin. So let's you know let Shaken. Maybe Paul might side ride because of it. But you've also got to remember like Shaken, versus who was an odds-on favourite for the championships last year, and um you know, it might be very, and the way one at town at Christmas, it might be very hard for Paul to get off of. So we, look, at the end of the day, there's been no decision on who rides the horse. And that, again, that will be something that will be maybe next weekend, the weekend, three days before the races, is when Paul would probably have to make his decision. And,
0: and is it something that, that Tony Bloom is, is pretty relaxed about? Is he quite inclined just to Say right, whatever happens, happens. He's no, I don't I don't I don't know him like you do, but he doesn't strike me as a sort of stamp your feet type owner.
3: No, Tony. Tony's extremely relaxed. He lets me get on with dealing with the trainers. He likes being kept up to date, but like everything, um, he realizes that in horse racing, for every one good day you have, you've probably got ten bad days. And and he we've had, you know we've had, we've had very good days with horses this time last year. I had to ring Tony and tell him, look, um, you know, two years before Cheltenham was going to miss the Arco. And disappointments like that they could happen all the time. But hopefully this year we'll get there in one piece.
1: Another horse from the Mullins Yard who took a drift in the market this week was Rich Ritchie's favourite for the Mayor's Novices Hurdle, Allegory de Bassi. And Racing Manager Joe Chambers confirmed on Tuesday's podcast that she would miss the festival due to injury. However, he did give an upbeat bulletin on the remaining intended runners at Cheltenham in the pink and green silks.
4: If Irish Shack and Pour turns up, we would be very much looking forward to him as well. And I think if we if we can get Irish Shack to Cheltenham as Rich has started to coin it, um, I think we'd put everyone's mind at ease to see where um, where he might lie in the middle of um, what is a particularly deep field, I think. Uh, and in
0: terms of chacun pour soir it's going to be a, a desperately difficult decision for Paul townend to whether to ride him or ennega are you getting any vibes from the stable
4: uh the only vibe I'm getting is that he will do what Mr orwalsh used to do for many years which was leave it until the very last <laughs> moment uh until he has to make a decision
0: <laughs> um you don't know who would ride Cha if he didn't do you
4: no we haven't even spoken about it.
0: Okay and as far as the sort of the overall team is concerned and the sort of rebuilding exercise and the, and the young horses coming in um, would you expect this time in 12 months to have more than nine runners at the Cheltenham Festival?
4: I uh, thought so we've got another I think eight or nine horses that are yet to run for us that are just turned four years of age so we should have a few bumper runners this spring um, Mercury is entered in the bumper at Cheltenham as well as a I'll try and pronounce it, hulland de uh who has won two AQPS races in France uh, in October of last year. So he's not eligible for Irish bumpers, but he is for UK ones. Uh, and all being well between now and then, he will um, he will hopefully um, get through the ballot and take up that entry in the bumper as well. Uh, in the handicaps, um, we'll have a small hand. Fauban, as you mentioned, in the Triumph goes there with an obvious chance. Uh, Royal Pagai, if he can get over Venetia's own ailments uh, at the moment in the Gold Cup, and uh, the infam- now infamous darling of social media Gaelic warrior in the Fred Winter.
0: Uh, is is he really the, the real deal, this Gaelic warrior? I mean, would, would you back him at the price he is at the moment?
4: I don't know. I don't know if it's a good price or a bad price. Um, all I know is that, taken literally, his mark from France was 139, uh, we decided around Christmas time that he's either next year's supreme horse or let's see if the mark of one three nine gets honoured. Uh, it did in the shape of one two nine. So we decided all systems go and we would um, uh, have a go first time up in the in the Fred Winter. And you know his form of his last run in in France in particular is is very strong now. In hindsight, um, the horses around him have gone on to win a number of Grade Twos and even a Grade One. I think one of them has won. Um, And his work at home has been very good. Um, So, you know, in Willie we trust and um, let's see, it'd be quite an achievement, I think, if he could bring him there first time up.
1: If the betting for the Gold Cup's anything to go by, then yeah, the Irish will once again take home all the spoils. However, I think possibly the forgotten horse, who still remains an unknown quantity for the British, is Dan Skelton's protectorat, and he spoke to Nick about what it means to have a live chance in the feature race at the festival. You know, to have him there is
5: um, almost leading the charge, if you like, is uh, is a big thing, and I hadn't really realised what a big thing it was until this week. Well, last week I suppose, when everybody's been sort of saying to me, Oh, isn't it wasn't great to have a leading chance for a gold cup? And I'm thinking, Well, yeah, it is, but the competitor in me going, It's nice to have a com- nice to have a, a competitor, but it's about winning. <laughs> um
0: and do you do you think he's got a good chance? In your heart of hearts, do you think he's a he's classy enough to win the win the gold cup?
5: Yes, hundred percent I do uh he won a grade one over two and a half miles and he came up just short over an inadequate trip inadequately slow ground in the paddy power and he's had one go at three miles and it looked like he would go further in pretty slow ground and i think yes he, he is a big you know, yeah and- yeah, I think that I think that's an important thing to remember. This is a very open year. It's not a bad year. I think quite opposite. I think it's a good year because there's a heap of horses in there who can win at the base level over three miles and that actually strengthens the race rather than negates it, in my opinion. So it's an open but high-quality goal cut.
0: And when he won at Aintree, the ground was really, really soft and and sort of unusually testing, and he completely demolished his field. Now they may have been significant inferiors, but to what extent is is soft ground crucial to to giving him an edge?
5: I think you've picked up on the right angle there. I think to give him to to start getting into advantageous territory, the softer the better. But I don't think good to soft, you know, I don't think good to soft negates his chances um but obviously the slower it gets his chances are increased by him handling it and others perhaps not quite as much
0: and he seems to have the right profile in terms of being at the right end of his career the, the gold cup is often won by horses who are, are, are on the up rather than horses that have been there and, and and done it already do you have a theory as to why that might be
5: it, it, yeah i mean it's it the longer you the longer you race at this level um, especially over a distance, the more it takes out of horses. Simple as that. And if you are at the start of your career, then you've got more. You, you know, technically, you've got more to give. Now, I'm not saying that horses that win this as as uh, you, you know in double digit ages and you know no. it's not po- it's not possible. Of course, it's possible. But you've pointed out that it it, it does seem to go the way of the the, the younger, more progressive horses. And, and in answer to that, that's why I feel why that that might be the case um you know you'll say there's no substitute for experience and he hasn't got that at this level that much but he's a you know he in his head he's a horse that won't be phased by it all um he's been around the trunk before he's he's worn around the Yeah, i don't feel that i don't feel any negative to that the trip is unknown of course you don't know you get the gold cup trip until you've done it and you know the likes of floyd pearl and one man have proven that um but I, I, I'm as confident as I can be without seeing it with my own eyes. I'm pretty sure
6: it'll stay.
0: And in terms of the the squad, how big is it likely to be for for Cheltenham? You must have a fair idea now of how many horses you're going to run. And um, last year, yeah, I know you'd have probably swapped all those good runs for one win and a, a load of horses that didn't run so well. But they virtually all ran really, really well.
5: Yeah, they did. They ran. They ran creditably. And obviously, I wasn't the only person. Get themselves kicked all around Presby Park by the Irish, but I think this year is stronger. It's deeper, and I think we're going to have, I think we're going to have twelve runners, and and actually twelve that should be there. We prefer that number to be twenty, of course, but you know when it gets, you know, one day if it gets to twenty, I'll be open. It one day gets to twenty-five, but that's just the nature. But I'm really happy with the number that we've got going, and and the chances that.
1: Peter Farhi looks set to make a tough decision between the mayor's hurdle and the stayer's hurdle with his classy mayor Royal Kahala, who took the spoils at Gorin last time out when Classical Dream failed to fire, and he discussed this decision with Tom Stanley on Thursday morning. We're going to sit and spend a little longer to see what the weather is like on the ground
6: at that um, If it happens to be, definitely just of soft, we definitely strongly considering the mayor's race. Um, it's
7: not. It's not. Probably disappears. You know. So it, it's very much a. It, it's very much a ground thing, not a not a class and opposition thing. It
6: is. It is weird, especially look. You know, the thing is, I suppose they like, got the mayor. the, the trip. You need, you need the trip, and the, the softer the ground is.
7: What 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 ground does she want to be at her very best? Do you think, Peter? Look, it's good to soft ground. Have ground, ground is ground. It's safe enough for her, but just look at for the for the two and a half mile trip. She needs a 10th stop. She wouldn't be the quickest in the world, you know. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I I get the, I get the feeling that if you were going to pick your ideal conditions, it would be the stayers on good to soft. If you see what I mean, but your your hand might be forced if it did come up softer than ideal. Is that fair?
6: It, 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 it's so hard to call because if they did happen to get a good bit of rain and the ground went on the slow side of stuff, she would be going to the mare. We beat most of them the last round so, in um on quicker ground, so we would be keen to the mare if the ground was very soft.
7: Mm. Uh, did, did, were you surprised at, at Goran, or did you feel she had a, a you know a performance like that in her?
6: Look, we always thought to set up the dream, like, we was going to be a huge benefit. Mark that day, and it left us winning well. But like, look at we are going into Gordon, thinking to step up we're going to help us, and we're, we're confident
7: you going to run a massive race. Of the the other horses, um likely handic- handicap runners, the likes of Born Patriot, Visionarian, Freedom to Dream, Surprise Package. First of all, with with the weights that came out, are you happy with with what everything got? I am very
6: disappointed with Visionarian. Gosh, um, I thought you a lovely profile, but can um, he got eight pounds, which is which is kind of leaving us scratch in our heads, wondering how we got so, such a high mark for it. And um, all the others were happy enough, but like he got well well above average, you know. And um, form look at the, he he hit a nice one in the qualifier there. He looks like he's going to sneak into that at kind of one of the bottom horses, which would leave him leave him ideal, you know. But um, I would have handicapped Mark I suppose, visionary, I was visionary or or shocked at his I shocked with his mark. I, I,
7: it's interesting you're saying that because. Do you feel that across those four handicap entries you've got, Peter, that you know perhaps there wasn't consistency between all of them? Some you're happy with, and some you're a little bit taken aback by. Yeah, definitely. I'd say the
6: consistency. Like, look, we won't need a handful of them for handicaps. If you all got their four pounds or five, whatever, but eight was was a huge shock for, mm. for one of them. You know, um, he's, he's a horse that we
7: were kind of sinking away for that race and everything like that. But eight pounds just makes it makes it a lot trickier, you know. Do you think it's right that the the horses have a, a sort of new British mark, do you think? Do you, do you understand why that is the case?
6: Well, look, I, I, you don't mind, it probably, if, if, if the difference between between them is, is an average, they're saying, what, well, three pounds, three to four pounds, and my horse gets eight, like, that's completely off the scale. It's very hard to know. Like, it, it's obviously a completely different handicap mark. It's not, I think it'd be fair if, if you're going over here, you're going to get an average four pounds or three pounds or whatever, it's the same scale for everyone, but, and it it's complete it leaves it open us that we just we just don't know either you're actually renting up or art
7: to see what's going on, you know. In my opinion it's not really fair enough. I don't think I don't think I was very three with with visionary for that. Uh Born Patriot, as you say, I was actually surprised he's almost not a bit further down the list. He looks you know, uh, he looks almost certain to get a run, doesn't he, off off that mark, which but but but, but to sneak in, so that's no bad thing.
6: He does, yeah. Look, we were, in fairness, we were looking at the qualifiers the whole time along and we were, we were fairly confident that we were going to get in, we were following the race in them, so we had a fair idea as far as those fairness. He, he was keeping a good good track on it. Um, you can read really out his last run, the ground was taking off from for him in inside in on his last run, but um, going back to all these other runs, and a been a nicer ground and he definitely handled himself look as he's gone there. I at the bottom of the right end of the handicap, he'd surely have a great chance if everything
7: went right. Mm.
6: Freedom to Dream is, is
7: is not an Albert Bartlett horse, is he he's going to run in the Martin Pipe? Yeah, look,
6: we, we see a way. Albert Bartlett has to cut up. Um, he, our plan at the moment is the Martin Pipe. If, if he happens to get in, he's down the list a good bit. But um, look, you, you know yourself, you don't know if he's closer to
7: it. But um, our plan is the uh, is Martin Pipe, probably, if, if, um, if he gets in. And, and will this Bertie line up in a champion bumper, do you think?
6: With the option you know, of seeing what way it goes. The ground happened to dry out and it was quick enough. He's a host that wants nice ground, very quick ground. He is very good midday, but he, he, his last run, you can rule it out. He went to the test, he hacked around the bumper and it turned into a clear sprint, which didn't suit us. But um, he was very good today. He won it next so, Look
1: at our plan at the moment. It's run, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Nick will be back with you on Monday morning with the latest news from around the world of horse racing in a week which I expect to be filled with further insight as we count down to the 2022 Cheltenham Festival. Have a lovely weekend.
0: You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitstairs, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.